Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. It's me, Tony Marchese, and once again, joined by Andrew Kinsler of OnTap Sportsnet, Shy Socks Weekly blogger. Andrew, you are not a good luck charm at all, if uh, if I had to say. I think that's 0-4 for you now. Um, what are you, you going to do to redeem yourself here? Yeah, 0-4. Far from good luck, man. Um you just really don't like to see that, especially at the helm of our division rival, the Minnesota Twins, who, you know, they look good this year. As we've said on some of these other uh, socks on taps that we've done the past few days, really potent offense, and today their pitching really did give it to us. So in terms of what I need to do to get out of this slump, um, you know, I'm not really sure what the best slump buster really should be. I mean, whenever I would get in slumps back in the day playing baseball, they'd just do some extra reps in the cage. Uh, I'm not sure how that translates over to uh, the podcast game. Maybe but you need to do a few extra get, blogs. Maybe, we, yeah, maybe. But uh, I guess either that or, you know, we can get some, uh, maybe some feedback, maybe some uh, suggestions from some of the listeners here on, how I can maybe get us out of this funk, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It it might just need to be a change of scenery with these socks on taps, <laughs> with a few more of our contributors coming back from the holiday weekend. But yeah, um, they've they've all been gone. I mean, we we haven't heard from from Buzz. We haven't heard from Johnny. Um, Pat Kermiski's also been been up doing his thing. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. There you go. Crack them. That, maybe, crack them. Maybe that's what we need to be doing a little bit more. We need to crack a few more beers. That's my what my next suggestion was going to be is maybe you just need to drink this one off. I'm a step ahead of you, so uh, you that works for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, we really haven't heard from a lot of these guys. Probably a good thing that we didn't hear from Johnny in regards to his boy Larry Garcia being scratched from – the lineup today, he uh, had a shoulder issue, it appeared to be. Also scratched was Tim Anderson for the second day in a row. So in his place, Jose Rondon started again at short. Uh, that didn't really turn out all that great once more. But we we sure hope to have these guys back. It doesn't seem like they're going to be on the IL. At least we hope that, that a trip to the IL wouldn't be required for either of these guys. But especially coming into a big homestand with two series against some division opponents, you hope that we are at full strength with this depth. Yeah. Um, you don't really think that Tim Anderson was the, uh, was the missing piece here though. Do you, I, I no, just, yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying moving forward. Yeah. Moving forward. It's going to be important to have, especially him back in that lineup. Um, 
everybody's looking for this Royals rematch. Uh, we all know what happened earlier on in the year with the uh, the bat flip game and the, the suspension that ensued afterwards. Um, Tim Anderson uh, has been asked almost by every reporter for the last week about this series, so uh, we hope to see him in there. Now, today's game was exactly almost on repeat what we saw in the last two games. And Johnny kind of called this uh, on multiple occasions that the Twins were going to hand it to us. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I thought, and you thought, when we talked last night, that they were going to be able to pull this one out today. Uh, they weren't able to scratch a run across the board. Only one extra base hit tonight. And that came from your pick to click, Yonder Alonso. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I guess that's one of the few bright spots from this game because not a whole lot else really went right once again. This lineup really has been scuffling since uh, the series finale against the Houston Astros. So, I mean, if you look at the box score here, 16 strikeouts, that's more than half of your outs coming via the strikeout. Now, you don't ever really want to make outs, but... When you do make outs, you for sure hope that they're at least somewhat productive. And the furthest thing from a productive out is, in fact, a strikeout. So uh, our boy, Sebi Zavala, tough start to his MLB career. He went 0-4 today with four strikeouts. So on his career, you do the math, 4 plus 1 is 5 strikeouts for a nice 0-5 for to start his career. Uh, what did you think about how he looked up at the plate today there, Tony? Well, the Sebi Zavala train uh, has not yet left the station. Um, it, I think it's here. just not an express train. Yeah. No, it's not an express train at all. Um, you know, it's it's like one of those times when you get on the Metra and you're waiting and you're just stopped. I don't know, maybe a mechanical failure. Yeah. Uh, maybe Had it's, a few of those. Maybe it's... Uh, you know, maybe a freight train's crossing. You don't really know. We're still waiting for the announcement as to what the <laughs> problem is. Uh, we don't know. But we're sitting here with our beer. We're on board. And we're just going to wait this one out. I mean, I mean, it's not an express train. It's not going to be an express train. We were hoping it might have been. But it's it's absolutely not at this point. Um, not not going to go off and, and call this a problem per se yet. I mean, if you go back and you look at Sebi Zavala's stats, he is prone to strikeout. We all know that. If you look at the stats, uh, he's a big strikeout guy. Um, but it, when he does hit the ball, uh, the ball does jump off this guy's bat. So all he's got to do is just focus on making some contacts. And one of the things we talked about a little bit last night was hoping to see Sebi Zavala get that first hit, that first uh, time getting on base, You know, get some of these things out of the way. The Twins are a tough team to do that against, especially when um, they're rolling as much as they are right now. So not only that, uh, Sebi Zavala in the field today, uh, his first throw down on a, on a would-be base stealer here goes uh, a little bit high out into the outfield, a little bit too much muscle on that one. Um, it looked to me like he had a little bit of the nerves going today. Um, so I'm just going to I'm gonna chalk it up to some nerves. Um you're probably not going to see him in the lineup tomorrow, but his next game could be Tuesday or Wednesday, and we'll see what happens. Um, I know that that uh, McCann has been catching for Lucas Giolito, and not to not to 
uh, get too far ahead of ourselves. Giolito's pitching on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm wondering if they'll put him back in to catch Nova tomorrow and then uh, or if they go McCann back-to-back and then go back to Sebi on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens there. We'll talk more about what's ahead. But as far as Sebi goes, not the greatest starts uh, in Major League Baseball there. Five strikeouts in a row. I'm not really happy with it. We all know I'm a big Sebi Zavala guy. But we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's early, uh, too early to write this guy off. Yeah, it is definitely too early. And the good news about all of this is he can only go up from here, right? I mean, you can't get much worse than a 0 for 4 start with four strikeouts and a throwing error. Uh, so yeah, I think he will get some action in this uh, Kansas City Royals series. You mentioned maybe tomorrow being a possibility. Um, so we did mention this earlier off air a little bit. Good chance of some rain in tomorrow's afternoon day game um, that was supposed to be the start of the series against the Royals. Maybe if there's a doubleheader on Tuesday with the game washed out tomorrow, obviously then he will for sure get one start there. But um, other than that, I would probably pencil him in to start the – Reynaldo Lopez start on Wednesday. Yep. We kind of we we kind of talked about that on yesterday's Sox on Tap about how he could maybe potentially get some of these guys that have been throwing to Wellington Castillo back on track a little bit, and the best candidate for that would be Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I like that thinking. Um, you know, and one of the things you said there was he can only go up from here. And that's, I mean, that's <clears throat> a great way to look at this. Um, that's enough for right now on Sebi. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in it. So um, I don't want to, I don't want to harp too much <laughs> on it before it starts to make me a little bit even more depressed. So after this loss, the Sox fall to 23 and 29. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we saw from the pitching staff today. Um, who Sebi Zavala was catching for today, Dylan Covey. Covey has not looked all that great. Um, did manage to get six strikeouts, only walked two. He did give up four runs. All of them were earned in his six innings of work. It's not the worst of starts, but when you're down 4 nothing um, after six, uh, that's just not going to get it done, especially I think, I think today's more on the offense. But Dylan Covey... We all know what Dylan Covey is at this point in time, Andrew. I don't. I don't think that we're trying to figure out what Dylan Covey is. Um, he's eating innings in a rotation right now. Um, there's no long-term plans for him, uh, and that's that is what it is. Any any thoughts on what you saw from Dylan Covey today? Yeah. So um, you mentioned the fact that he's really just out there to eat innings. A lot of his other starts this year, he really hasn't done that at all. I mean, if you remember. The last game he pitched against the Houston Astros, uh, he he really struggled once it got um, once he got a few times through the order there. So he was mm-hmm. pulled in what the fourth or the fifth there. So um, at least the one positive from his performance today is he gave you six innings. Um, just the real trouble coming here from some new White Sox killers, Max Kepler and Eddie Rosario. Oof. So at least. At least whenever um, there's a righty going for us, they're going to be starting Max Kepler. I guess the key to beating them is, you know, starting lefties because when we started Ben Wales yesterday, he wasn't in the lineup, was he? I don't think. 
Um, but him and Rosario really put on a show today, so they contributed for all seven of the runs. Um, Max Kepler with an RBI double in the third, and then he hit the, a three-run bomb in the seventh, and Rosario also added a three-run homer in that third inning uh, to go along with that Kepler double. So these could be some new Sox killers, Tony. Kind of scary because, you know, we've seen the Ryan Rayburns. We've seen some of these other guys just really give it to us in the past. Uh, you know, hopefully these guys within our, our uh, division with a lot of games left against them this year, we don't really want to, you know, see these guys really kind of be out there beating us up yeah i don't like that name anymore rosario and i don't like that name kepler oh Um, did you ever no i didn't but i I really don't like them now uh they're they're gonna be a team that is gonna give the sacks a lot of trouble and i don't think that this is just a this year thing um the twins have kind of had their own little rebuild going on and one of the differences here is that they've got an entirely new outlook on everything they've they've kind of cleaned house and restarted over a bit um whereas the Sox, you know they they had the more uh i guess nationally news focused on them as much as national news focuses on the white Sox is a true rebuild right yeah the twins kind of did this under the radar they kind of just kind of snuck in there, made a few signings. They actually spent some money. Um, guys like Gonzalez, who uh, sits in the middle of the order hitting three. Um, I mean, he's only hitting two thirty-five right now, but he's been giving you productive at-bats. You got young guys like Rosario and Kepler out there who have kind of figured it out. Um, then you got other guys like uh, Willens Estudio, um, and he is just a tank. Um, I don't know if you saw him go from first to third on a He's, on a hit today. Um, he goes against all sorts of forms of of like science there, which is yeah, how that there's big just, boy rumbles. Yeah, there's just something. There's just something about this team that just looks like they're gonna be the team that if there's somebody who's gonna rain on the White Sox parade, it's gonna be the Twins. Um, and they've got more coming. Like I kind of mentioned last night, they're, they're they've got guys down in the minors that. Uh, that are top 100 prospects that look like they're just going to come up and smash the hell out of the ball. I am really, really, really worried about what the Twins are going to do over the next three to four years. I think that uh, if if you're a White Sox fan who's been paying attention to this rebuild, um, looking across at what the Minnesota Twins are doing right now should be very scary to you. Um, it is it is, in fact, pretty scary. And, you know, we didn't even really see them at full strength either. No. Uh, actually, Nelson Cruz is on the DL as well. Usually someone that you'd see towards the middle of the order. Usually someone that you would kind of expect to uh, hit quite a few hard-hit baseballs against us, you know, especially at Guaranteed Rate Field where balls do fly out of there as, as the weather heats up, uh, you know. We're going to be seeing a little bit of that for sure whenever the Twins come to town and he's back off of the IL. But And not only that, they got Miguel Sano, too, who didn't play in today's ballgame. Yeah, he's back up, and he looks, yeah, he looks like a masher. These guys just know how to hit home runs, too. And yeah. in, today's ball, in today's baseball, home runs are what everybody wants. Launch angle, exit velocity, this team has it all. Um, 
it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how the White Sox adjust to playing the Twins the next time that they see them, and if they employ any sort of different strategy because it just it just seemed like they were overmatched. The, the Sox were able to kind of figure out what to do down in Houston. I thought that they would have probably lost the first game when they came back to Minnesota, <clears throat> but I figured that they would be able to kind of figure it out how to squeak one win away from this team. Um, especially with the, the kind of momentum that they came in here with, uh, just absolutely demolished in the run differential here in this series. There wasn't even any game that was a contest or even felt like you were in it. So not great. Again, um, I, I really, I really don't like what I see when I look at this Minnesota Twins lineup. The pitching has been there the as well. The pitching is good. Yeah, they went out to get Jake Odorizzi, who really gave it up, who really gave it to us uh, today as well. I mean, nine strikeouts over five plus, and extended his scoreless outing streak uh, to six, I believe. So, and yeah. then. Just overall, this Twins team, man, this was the seventh series sweep they've had this year. So, uh, you know, they just win games, and, you know, that's really all there is. They've, they've been very good, and they've for sure done done their rebuild the right way by really grooming some uh, in-organization talent while also going out to get pieces here and there where need be. Well, and the thing that really frustrates me right here with them is that they capitalized on what they saw in the division. They knew that the White Sox were still a couple of years away and that we were kind of punting on the offseason. They saw that the, the Cleveland Indians were on the decline. They know that Detroit and Kansas City are very weak ball clubs, kind of searching for direction. I mean, Detroit's kind of starting off on a rebuild here. Kansas City is just absolutely lost. Um, and what they did is they brought in some talent on pretty friendly deals. When you look at what Cruz got, when you look at what uh, – uh, who else did they sign this offseason? Uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. And then Odorizzi. Like they, they supplemented what they had, like you said, with guys that aren't top-tier free agents but kind of in that like B-C class of guys – Whereas what the White Sox did is you're scraping from like the DF yeah. um, type class of, of free agents when you look at some of the signings that the Sox made. Now, McCann kind of flipped the script on it and, and went from probably what I would have rated over the offseason as like a D signing and has turned into maybe a solid C plus B. Um, and he's kind of fallen off just a little bit here. But, you know, you, you, the Sox were really bargain hunting and what the Twins did is they went and they signed players who were going to be productive, above-average guys, but weren't in the mix for the Harpers, Machado. So they kind of got these guys off off a, a little bit under the radar here and made themselves a very competitive ball club in a very weak division. And look at the record, 36-16 and 16 right now. They capitalized. They did exactly what I wanted the White Sox to do this offseason. Um, I know we all wanted the big names. I wanted a, a big name myself, but I, f I, I truly feel that if the White Sox had made some very good, solid signings, they would have been able to compete. I didn't want Nelson Cruz. I didn't want 
maybe Michael, like a Michael Brantley as much as Shy Sox Shonda did. But those are the types of guys that you go add to these ball clubs and, you know, make a winning team. And I think that the Sox, had they surrounded guys like Yohan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez and Tim Anderson with some of these other, you know, just MLB vets who know how to hit, it would have been such a great year for the White Sox. And I feel like right now, it, after watching this Twins team play, I, I just I see what could have been. Absolutely. I agree with that for sure. You, It's hard not to think about what could have been if just a few holes here, a few holes there were filled with some of these just major league caliber guys. So, you know, our hole at second base, uh, we pretty much keep that open by putting Yomer Sanchez there and instead of getting a guy that can play second, as we have already mentioned before, like a DJ LeMayhew, a Marwin Gonzalez, who can also play anywhere else. He could have then, when our outfield has really started to thin out and become a a little bit of a problem at times, you can also stick him out there in the outfield, and he really wouldn't miss a beat. So it is hard to think like that, but uh, I guess we can only hope that going into next offseason, we're able to kind of plug and chug, see where some of these holes are. And as, as the season goes on, they are becoming more and more obvious holes and that uh, we just go out there and make the right moves to fill these and, you know, not have the moves that we make be like a yonder Alonzo where, you know, think it's going to be a good acquisition and then just really as, as, as long as things have been going now, just, not really working out the way that either party would have really hoped for. You know, and what's really scary to me here is the availability of funds to have done this. The Minnesota Twins are only spending $89 million on payroll right now on their 25-man roster. Their total payroll for the year um, is 121 versus the Sox 91. And that that comes into account of buried salary, retained, injured reserve, all that other stuff. But if you're really looking at that 25-man roster, the Minnesota Twins are only spending 89. The Cleveland Indians 94, Kansas City 81, and then uh Detroit is sitting at I just had them here. Uh 61. Yeah, so Detroit's sitting at 61 here. It's it's kind of interesting at the available funds that we could have spent to just boost our talent level up just a little bit to be on par with Minnesota and Cleveland. And just imagine this team right now. That's what frustrates me. Um, yeah. Whether you had done it via Manny Machado or the way that we just talked about, this goes back to I think what pains a lot of White Sox fans about the offseason is that you know these guys aren't even spending over a hundred million dollars on their their MLB payroll. Right, and it's not quite as far as the incremental value that you're getting out of the guys that we are suggesting. You would get you know a more uptick in production, but it's just really not getting less out of the guys that you currently have there. I mean, you know, it's not like if you signed a guy like Adam Jones, Marlon Marwin Gonzalez, you're hoping that they're going to be an all-star. That's not the case. But, you know, 
you just think that they're going to play these positions better than a Yomer Sanchez, better than a Ryan Cordell, you know, better than Adam Engel to start the year. So, well, um, here's something really scary. If you remove Nova from this, you're sitting at right around 60 million for your payroll. Right. Which if instead of making that trade, which hopefully the prospect that we gave up doesn't turn out to be like a, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Otherwise, that would really make that sting even more. But instead of you know making that trade for him, why not sign Gio Gonzalez for the cheap? You know, get yep. pretty much pretty similar production from. Um, so I mean, they've had pretty similar career track records, but. This year, you know, Gio Gonzalez has been doing a lot better for the Brewers than our Ivan Nova has been doing for us. And I guess that kind of brings us into tomorrow here as said Ivan Nova will be starting for us and Homer Bailey for the Kansas City Royals in this 1 o'clock matchup um, between the Royals and the White Sox to start off a four-game set. So... I'm not sure what you think about tomorrow's matchup. Uh, hopefully we're able to get things going against the Royals, the team we should beat. And I think it's good to have the boys back at home after that tough end to the road trip. Yeah, so uh, one correction there. We do have a three-game set, not a four. Um, but, yes, I do agree 100%. The Sox need to be back home here, a little bit of home cooking. Uh, and, and against a team that they've played very well so far this year, Andrew, the Kansas City Royals. Um, I'm looking for a good start out of Nova tomorrow. Bailey, four and five with a six one three ERA, forty four strikeouts on the year. He gave up a three run home run in the first inning to Ozuna in his last start, and then a two run homer to Matt Carpenter in the second inning. He got tossed around a little bit in his last game. He played it. Uh, Nova uh, coming in. He is, I guess, the the, the veteran of the staff right now. Um, the big money man, I guess, if you want to call yeah. it that. Uh, so let's earn that paycheck. Um, I could see this being a win for the White Sox just because of how well we've played Kansas City. They're coming in with an 18 and 34 record. Um, let's not let them uh, get to 20 wins by the time they leave Chicago. I think is is the key to this series is you got to win two out of three here. Um, you're falling a little bit back here and uh, any potential wild card talk you want to have. If they can have a strong series against Kansas City and then roll on Cleveland as well, I think that keeps the White Sox kind of interesting. What we don't want to see is the Sox start to get buried in early June because that just makes the rest of the season all the more grindy rather than actually fun baseball to watch. And so far up until now, it's been pretty fun to watch. Um, even in Houston, uh, only three, four days ago, it was very fun baseball to watch. Uh, let's get back to the fun baseball and not so much of the Sox getting shut out and giving up seven runs every night, uh, type of game. So, um, I could see some, some offense starting to heat up. We get a little bit of warm weather in the Chicagoland area. Um, Sox trying to get back home, uh, and wash that series away from them. Uh, I think this is exactly who you need to see after seeing the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, as you said, hopefully we're able to take at least two out of three in, in uh, 
this upcoming series against the Royals. Hopefully continue that on against Cleveland because it really is important to win within your own division um, just to really establish ourselves. And, um, you know, so I think tomorrow is a winnable game, as you said. Hopefully we see some of the good fielding that happened behind Ivan Nova in his last game against the Astros. Uh, That was when there was, what, four or five double plays and the triple play. So I think there's a possibility we go out there and win. Hopefully the bats come alive against Homer Bailey. I think this is the perfect pitcher for our guys to be going up there and swinging against uh, if we want to get out of this slump. And I want to get out of my slump here on Socks on Tap as well. So uh, I think that's just good for both sides here. So I'm going to get into my pick to click. Um, I think Eloy Jimenez. So, um, so far, all six of his home runs this year have come on the road. At some point, it's going to have to come um, his first home run at home. And I think what better way to do it than sometime over this big homestand I think he takes Homer Bailey yard at least once. Uh, at least that would be very good for our boys and our offense. Not sure what you think. What's your pick to click, Tom? You know, Eloy is another guy that I was going to kind of on my potential pick to clicks here. Uh, I'm going to go back to Jose Abreu. Um, he's just been swinging a decent bat. And the only guy that kind of looked semi-productive over this past series against the Twins. Uh, if he could do it against them, he could do it for sure against the Kansas City Royals. If you ask me tomorrow, I'm going to go Tim Anderson versus Brad Keller, so I wanted to save that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Jose Abreu um, tomorrow. Uh, That's, I think, a a safe pick to click. Um, And I'm predicting a victory tomorrow, should they get this game in. Like, we kind of foreshadowed a little bit. Tomorrow's weather forecast is not looking all that great. Uh, This is is Tony Skilling talking. Uh, Buzz dubbed (laughs) me Tony Skilling the other night. Um, tomorrow's forecast, not great. A hundred percent chance of rain in the Chicagoland area, high of 68 with some thunderstorms. That rain's going to be rolling into the Chicago area around one o'clock, right around the same time that the, uh, the sacks are about to start. Um, I'm not really gonna give my prediction on whether or not it's going to get rained out, but just know that, uh, there will be a lot of rain in the area around that time. Um, and we'll see what happens if they do play. Uh, I'm I'm calling the White Sox winner. If if they don't, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see if they get a doubleheader in here this week. Uh, doubleheaders are fun. I don't mind those. Uh, Johnny, myself, and uh, our guy Jake Trojan made it made our way up to uh, the uh, last Wednesday doubleheader. Uh, if they do another doubleheader, I hope it's on Wednesday. Dollar Dogs. It's a great yeah. time to be out at the ballpark. No doubt. Uh, so yeah, we at the and at the end of the day, we are Sox guys, not meteorologists, so don't hold that to us if um, the weather actually turns out being nice, because it was supposed to rain all weekend, but uh, it actually did hold off for the most part. So um, hopefully, if any of you are going to the game, stay dry, and uh, that it's raining baseballs from the White Sox offense and not raining uh, water at all, so... Hey, that's, that's all that's I have a, to say. It's a great way to, to great that. way to put it. Great way to put but, it. That's all I've got, Andrew. Can we get a let's go White Sox? Let's go White Sox. Let's get a win. Let's go Sox. <laughs> <laughs>